Will gets the puck for Carrier. He gets stripped, taps the loose puck for Kessel. He scores! Kessel from below the goal line! Because one hour isn't enough. We welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Knights grab it on the right wing side. Smith to the point. Petrangelo scores! Set up by Riley Smith. In the Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at lbsportsnetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Ballard and Ryan Wallace. Well, the Knights take a three-game winning streak on the road as they start a five-game roadie tomorrow night against the Florida Panthers. Three of the five teams are currently outside playoff position on this trip, but the Panthers are trying to claw their way into the mix. And then it's the three-time Stanley Cup finalist, Tampa Bay Lightning, one of the great teams in the Metropolitan Division, Carolina Hurricanes, before finishing it up against teams that are out of it and have sold off in St. Louis and Philadelphia. Winning tomorrow night would be huge to take some of the pressure off you on the back end of this uh, road trip where you're playing every second day and you do have one back-to-back in the midst of it. So uh, it's a big one tomorrow night uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights uh, who are now going out on the road with momentum, which hasn't been the case all year, but things have turned around in great fashion at T-Mobile Arena and the Fortress. Darren Millard with Ryan Wallace and Chris Chapman's the VGK Insider Show. We have two games to evaluate from the weekend. Friday night's tilt against the New Jersey Devils, which was hang around as long as you can and find a way, and that was a goalie win by Aiden Mm. Hill, followed up by the debut of Jonathan Quick yesterday. It looked like it was going to be an easy stroll to victory, ended up uh, requiring a timeout in the third period in which Montreal scored three goals, uh, leaving Vegas with a a one-goal win again. Uh, Different games different routes but the same score chapman i'm curious as we get into our game ratings how you evaluate it let's get going with our evaluations welcome to my latest experiment this is a big one the one i've been waiting for all my life uh well it's a delorean right with me marty all your questions will be answered roll tape four three new jersey four three montreal same score for both yeah, interesting games because they they both ended very different ways and they were played very different ways. I'm going to give them both fours because I thought the Golden Knights withstood an, an onslaught in the first period. The Devils probably could have been up two or three goals, maybe even more in that first period, but uh, somehow Vegas was able to keep them out of the net a lot for 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 a lot of that period. Uh, look, watching Jack Hughes is a treat. Every time he touches the puck, it's like magic on the ice. But the Golden Knights, they weren't the better team in that game, but they still found the way to win. And as you mentioned, it was a goalie win. Aiden Hill, maybe the best game I've ever seen him play. He was phenomenal. Um, you know, and, and you, it's funny because you, you, you don't have one shot on goal in overtime. I think New Jersey outshot them 8 nothing in the overtime, but again, kept them out of the net. And you get to the shootout, and Shea Theodore finds a way to to, to put it in past Akira Schmid, and and the uh, Golden Knights win that one four to three. So it's a four for me. Yesterday, I'm also going to give it a four. I think that's one of those games where we look at the experience Bruce Cassidy has, and we really have to tip our cap to him because I thought there was a moment where it looked like that that game could have gotten out of hand, especially in the third period where where you really could have had a collapse. Bruce Cassidy calls the timeout at a at a Kind of a weird time in the game, but it was really good on him to do it because it settled things down. It got the Golden Knights back playing their game again. 
Um, I didn't like giving up the two consecutive goals in, in a span of whatever it was, 30 seconds, 45 seconds. Um, but it was a trap game. And I, and Bruce Cassidy talked about it a little bit yesterday in the postgame, that, that it certainly had the potential to be a trap game. And the Golden Knights, for two periods, they were the far superior team. Montreal pushed back a little bit, much to my surprise, because I thought once we got to the third period, they were just thinking about getting on the plane and heading home. But again, they, they, they pushed back a little bit. I thought that's a coaching win yesterday. As good as the Golden Knights were for the first two periods, I thought the third period it was a Bruce Cassidy timeout that really helped the team settle down and win the game. So I'm going to give it a four as well. You guys remember how many timeouts Bruce Cassidy's called this year? I don't. One? I don't remember another one. Yeah, might be the only it. one. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so it doesn't happen often, and there's flows in games where I've kind of wondered whether he would call one. Uh, he he obviously doesn't lean on it very much. Doesn't doesn't change goaltenders and doesn't use that in-game timeout very much, which gives you an idea of 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 how he felt that that game was slipping through the fingers yesterday and decided to be proactive about it. Right? Yeah, for sure. I, I think you know Chapman's points on Bruce Cassidy and his fingerprints prints on last night's game are, are well taken. Now, um, going back to the four-three win over the New Jersey Devils. Um, it probably should be a station wagon. It probably should be a two out of five because, as Chapman mentioned, the New Jersey Devils were the better team, but the Golden Knights had the better goaltender, and it was on full display more so than ever in overtime. Aiden Hill was fantastic, and I, I can tell you, I think that's the best. That's certainly the best game that I have seen Aiden Hill play. He was phenomenal, and he brings that score up to me. Two a four out of five. It's a Trans Am because of the work Aiden Hill did in that game. How dynamic he was. How great he was. The statement within the context of the Jonathan Quick addition at the trade deadline. Aiden Hill was fantastic. He's full value for it and brings that score up to a four out of five for me. Uh, the Montreal game. I, I you know, I, I like the way that the Golden Knights played for the majority of it. Uh, you got to give a lot of credit to the Canadians for kind of bouncing back and pushing in the third period. I would have liked a, a, a response from the Golden Knights without having to take the timeout, but momentum works in different ways, certainly within the within a game. Um, so I, I think for that one, I'll go, I'll go four out of five. It's probably truly somewhere between a three and a four, but I'll, I'll go four out of five Trans Am on both games. Which one was more impressive? Um, I, I think there was a, a greater individual performance in the New Jersey game. I, I thought Aiden Hill was just phenomenal. To me, that was the most impressive aspect of the weekend games for Vegas is how incredibly good Aiden Hill was against one of the best teams in the league. So a better team game against Montreal, but yeah. a more spectacular performance against the New Jersey Devils. Uh, I yep. certainly uh, agree with that. Uh, the The Aiden Hill growth... Let's start there. This is a player that has gone through the Minnesota, the Nashville. Remember, it's coming out of the All-Star break uh, where he played four games in a row, uh, filling in for Logan Thompson when he got hurt. And there was massive stretches during those four games where he would go half a period or more without facing a shot. That's how locked in Vegas was. And he found ways to stay in the game and come up with game-saving stops through that uh, challenge. Friday 
was the exact opposite. He was peppered in, in the first period, and so much so that when Ashley Bice spoke to him, uh, uh, Bruce Cassidy on the bench for the TV interview uh, in the middle of the second period, Bruce said, we, we had to find some competitor. This thing was going to be a blowout. And he, he was right on the money. Uh, and, and Aiden Hill started to go from keeping himself in the game to just playing on instinct and, and reacting. And some goaltenders are really good at one. Some goaltenders are, are really good at the other. But to see him excel in both situations over the last three weeks has opened my eyes to the, to the range uh, of, of Aiden Hill. I can't imagine him playing better than he did on, on Friday night. And mm. I will say I can't imagine anybody playing better that than that uh in, in that situation against a team like the new jersey devils uh what aiden hill was at the top of goaltending in the national hockey league can he continue that i hope so uh because that puts you on an entirely different platform uh and and level uh for for goaltending and then it got to the overtime where it was so one-sided it wasn't mm -hmm. fair like change the rules because that uh, that was uh, that was if you're at the playground, you you yeah. get put in a timeout for not sharing with the other kids, uh, the New Jersey Devils with the, with with the puck in that thing, uh, with the lopsidedness of shots and Vegas not getting a, a single opportunity. They that was an Aiden Hill win and and good yeah. on you. And I said before that's the goalie's job is to is to find a way to keep you in the game, and and win you a couple of those games, whether it's a lot of shots or whether it's a couple of shots. So I, I'm I'm not going to apologize for that. Uh, if you if you badly outplay the other team and you lose, usually it's because your goaltender didn't match up the other guy, and and the rating would reflect that that uh, that it wasn't a very good performance. And so I'm not going to penalize the Golden Knights because they're they had one player who was lights out uh, ahead of uh, everybody else. So I'm going with the with a four as well for the New Jersey Devil game. And I'll follow it up with a four uh, because of the circumstances, which I think do play a role in, in yesterday's game against the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, a Trans Am type performance uh, yesterday in coming out, establishing a lead, making life a little bit easier on Jonathan Quick playing his first game. Uh, Quick was good. Uh, the team was able to put it home. And there was probably one of those pucks that uh, that uh, he would uh, like to be able to handle a little bit uh, more uh, efficiently. Uh, but I, I thought it was a strong debut for Jonathan Quick. And finding that win, you instantly feel more part of the team. You become part of the team. And being a trap game against a team that uh, where, quite honestly, you're wondering, who are some of these guys? I've never heard of some of these guys. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and that's true. There, there's a few guys who you had never heard of, uh, even for season hockey fans. And that's a little different uh, when, when you're going out there and you're playing them. Uh, uh, looking ahead to a five-game road trip and and uh, starting off here in Fort Lauderdale today, which I have to tell you guys uh, in a little bit about uh, my day here uh, along the ocean. But that that was a that was a prototypical game that you can look past and you can get caught and you can stumble and you can give away those two points. You managed to sweep the road trip or the homestand and put yourself in a good spot going out on the road. And you also were able to try to uh, do the most you can to keep the Los Angeles Kings at bay. Isn't it ironic that the, the quick uh, win yesterday broke the tie with Los Angeles? and puts mm -hmm. Vegas up by two. Uh, one of many uh, interactions that we're going to see between these franchises because of Jonathan Quick uh, going forward. So uh, I, I was really impressed and and, and uh, happy for the guys to be able to uh, turn that on. Four three wins 
both them, uh, but very different fashions. They end up with uh, with wall-to-wall uh, transams on the VGK Insider Show, where we all agree. It doesn't happen very often throughout a season, but, uh, but fours across the board with that uh, big eagle right in the front of the hood of the transam. I think like the Golden Knights, we're hitting our stride. Uh, maybe. Uh, it'll take one game, one game to knock Chapman off, where he'll come up with a side-eye angle. That just has you puzzled, uh, wondering what's going to happen uh, next. Uh, Barbashev was great. Teddy Bluger mm-hmm. uh, was leaned on in the two games over the course uh, of the weekend. Um, one player, though, that I was really encouraged, Riley Smith, and then connected to that, William Carlson. I know mm-hmm. he didn't score in the penalty shot, but he had some really good looks in both games this weekend. And Riley Smith was able to put a couple home. And I think that is is a story that we'll be talking about during this road trip is that line starting to pick up and get going, just like the the Jack, I, Jonathan Marcheseau and Ivan Barbashev unit. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I think William Carlson had fantastic games. He hit a, a crossbar yesterday, too, against the Montreal Canadiens. He was really active in the offensive zone. He found some really good looks. They're just not falling for him right now. Uh, but I'm encouraged by the fact that he's getting those chances while he's also taking care of his responsibilities on the defensive side of the puck. That's going to be the, the thing that you know you look at when that line is going and going well. They're disrupting things like you saw in Riley Smith's goal where you've got Riley creating a turnover in the neutral zone and then they turn that defense into offense and they turn it into a goal. That's when they're at their best and I think that they, they've been really good for the last couple of games for Vegas. Riley Smith, Jonathan Marcheseau, same thing on Friday night yeah. where it was the forecheck or the neutral zone pressure that turned into opportunities that he was eventually able to translate into offense so that shows you sort of the the doggedness and the determination in because coaches tell you all the time in hockey it's one of the most used phrases hey if you dedicate yourself on the defensive side you'll get chances it'll turn into chances and i can tell you 50 percent of the players that listen to that go sure it will I'm going to cheat and I'm going to gamble and I'm going to try and get my cookies this way. Mm -hmm. Jonathan Marshall, Riley Smith in particular, William Carlson involved in that Jack Eichel, uh, certainly in Barbershop. I I was really uh, impressed how they were able to take those opportunities and and turn them instantly into goals, which I think adds to the pressure aspect. And when, when teams are being showed this, like the team gets together for a five o'clock meeting, uh, before a game and they're shown these clips of Marcia. So in the four check and Riley Smith stealing the puck in the neutral zone, Jack Eichel knocking down uh, an, an exit pass by the, by the opposition. It's already in their head. And then you add in a little bit more uh, anxiousness during the game. When the four check is right on you, it makes things happen quicker for the other team that leads to mistakes. And you follow it up by, by putting the puck in the net. And that, that's uh, that's an area where I've seen real good growth in the in the Vegas Golden Knights and on the defensive side guys uh the goaltender was great Friday uh the the opposition uh, was held scoreless for two periods yesterday and mm-hmm. you you handled a really good Carolina team on on uh on Wednesday but go back one game like against the Colorado Avalanche to start the week like that that wasn't Vegas's great game with pop 
But as far as playing in their own end and keeping yourself, they were never out of that game. Sure. And in fact, they only they only really allowed one goal. If you take the the giveaway in the first fifteen seconds away, uh, the Aiden Hill only allowed one goal. That that's a pretty consistent performance from uh, the the goaltending. And then uh, you take out the New Jersey game, pretty good run for the team defensively in limiting the opposition uh, to chances. Uh, you give me that. Uh, I hug that and uh, and embrace that uh, all day long with with the types of goal scorers that they have that are starting to heat up and and get going coming out of this trade deadline. It's hard to say they haven't been consistent coming out of the bye week and the All Star break, right? Like this is a team that's just got one regulation setback in those in those twelve games and. You know, for for my money, it's been largely due in part to the fact that they have been playing really strong in their own end. Like they haven't been giving up a ton, and when they are, they're getting great goaltending performances. And you've got the the offense to kind of get you through in a in a three two four three two one game. And the more comfortable the Golden Knights are, are showing themselves, improving themselves to be in those games, the the better off they're going to be because. You know, as Bruce Cassidy said a couple of games ago, everything's tight right now because you've got teams that are in races and teams that are trying to improve their seating and where they're at and what their matchups are going to be going into the playoffs. It very much feels like playoff hockey right now for the Golden Knights. Uh, defensively, uh, let's give a shout out to Alec Martinez, who mm-hmm. fought for just the second time in his National Hockey League career yesterday. He now, this is perspective. He now has as many fights as he has Stanley Cup rings. That's that's how rare it is that he goes in there and drops the gloves. Now, I don't think that he was going in there to fight. He was going in there to stand up for Paul Cotter, but sure. um, the uh, the monster on, on Montreal, boy, <laughs> six foot four and yeah. two thirty, and like that yeah. guy was huge. Um, uh, <laughs> I, I thought uh, I thought that uh, Martinez handled himself. Uh, pretty well and then uh the rest of the defense uh i'm, I'm really happy she theodore continues to give you that that look where it's just like wow it's just i i love watching him play i'm more appreciative of watching him play uh over the, over the last four years year by year and what he's able to bring and the shootout goal the other night uh, mm-hmm. getting it to dribble across the line kind of missed a shot a bit uh that can be as effective as a really good shot uh, against a goaltender who's trying to read a release and it doesn't go where it's supposed to go it, it can throw you off i think that's what happened in Schmidt. but uh but it it looks like maybe there's some some confidence based on uh Shea coming back yesterday and being able to score uh a game a goal in in regulation and chapman uh you got a chance to talk to him yeah yeah i did and uh um i guess i'll throw to it you talk about the way this team has played since you've gotten all six guys back on on the on the blue line. Yeah, um, you know I think we've we've been pretty solid defensively. Um, you know, obviously some stretches tonight where we kind of let it slide, but um, you know, kind of regrouped at the timeout and you know got, got the rest of the job done. There's a lot of people who say that you guys have the best blue line in the NHL. When you hear stuff like that, obviously there's probably a lot of pride, but does it make you work a little harder too? A little bit. Um, you know, obviously we know what, what guys we have back there. I think everyone knows their role. And, um, you know, there's definitely games where we can really take over and, and really dominate other teams. I think, you know, we have the right mix of, of puck movers and shutdown guys. And, um, you know, it seems like everyone's doing their job right now. How important was it to get this W before you guys go back on the road? Yeah, it's big. Um, you know, we have a tough road trip coming up. So, um, you know, being able to capitalize at home where, 
I think earlier in the season, you know, we weren't really doing. So, um, you know, that, that was important for us tonight on, you know, leaving on the road on a high note. And what have you seen from Ivan since he's gotten here? Because he's gelled so quick with you guys. Yeah, he's a great player. Um, he definitely has a nose for the net. Um, you know, it seems like kind of pucks are finding him here and there, and it's good to see him get to tonight. There's Shea Theodore chatting with our own Chris Chapman yesterday. I thought you handled that really well, uh, that smoothly. Uh, yeah, I talked to him yesterday. I guess I'll throw to it right now. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the, maybe the worst throw in the history of our show. <laughs> was you're, you're the one that made sure that we knew about the yeah, interview, that you I know. wanted to get it in. Why are you so surprised that I set you up? No, 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 no. I, w- I wasn't sure if you wanted me to say something or if you want, if you just wanted to play it. So I was like, uh, I, I guess I should just play it, but... You know what I found really interesting was was when he said that they have the ability to dominate teams when when they're playing their game and and I thought that was you know a, maybe a little uncharacteristic from Shea because he he's a very humble guy but it it was still a, a, a pretty cool thing because he's absolutely right when when those guys are playing their game they are the best blue line in the NHL and and I don't know if there's really much debate about that deepest blue line yeah there's there's defensive course with more dynamic players. Uh, nobody on the Vegas Golden Knights has won a Norris trophy. Uh, so you'll you'll instantly look to to other blue lines for like top end talent. But when you consider the abilities of elite players like uh, Alex Petrangelo, uh, Shea Theodore, and then you get into defenders like Braden McNabb and Alec Martinez and kids, not kids, because I think of them as kids because we watch them break into the National Hockey League. But uh, but Nick Hag and and Zach Whitecloud are proven National Hockey Leaguers. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights are the deepest blue line in the NHL when they have their starting six, and that has been a huge part of what they've been able to do from a point production standpoint coming out of the National Hockey League All-Star break. They have points in every game but one since returning to play against the Nashville Predators, all with their top blue liners in the fold. Fluke? Coincidence? No. Uh, they, they, they mean uh, a lot to this group. Have they won in different ways? Yeah. Have they been that uh, group been instrumental in every victory or every point no they've had different nights where it's been other people or they haven't had their best but uh, i don't think that uh, that it's uh, just uh, a fluke that uh, that it's happened with with them being in the fold together no not at all I, I think for the golden knights when you look at you know as shay theodore mentioned like there's a good mix right there's a good mix of puck movers there's a good mix of stay at home guys there's um really well put together pairs that allow everyone to kind of play into their skill set. Braden McNabb and what he does allows Shea Theodore to be Shea Theodore and, and, you know, without any fear, right? Shea Theodore dancing in the offensive zone, Shea Theodore uh, shake and bake and, and trying to improve his, his, his shot lanes. The fact that he was able to, to, to kind of dance in as close as he did on his goal yesterday, uh, you know, good play by Teddy Bluger to set it up, but Shea Theodore's just got a, a license to do what he does in the offensive zone because you know how responsible Braden McNabb is. Alec Martinez, Alex Petrangelo, that is a dynamic duo. They're just so smart working together. And, and I think when you look at Nick Hagan 
and Zach Whitecloud, how familiar they are with one another, how well they move the puck. Nick Hague's also a threat to shoot the puck in the offensive zone. Zach Whitecloud jumps into plays uh, and makes really good reads at certain points of uh, uh, in the game. Like They have three pairs that can just play the game the right way, and I think the Golden Knights, with, with their full complement of defenders, that's what makes them such a dynamic team. That's what allows them to to win a lot of hockey games, and that's why we've seen them at their best when all six guys are in the lineup. And yet on Friday night, the three pairs were not the three same old pairs. They were jumbled sure. up throughout that game. Every line was jumbled up uh, up front uh, when William Carrier went out, and uh, they were looking for some answers, and they were chasing the game against the New Jersey Devils, and, and that uh, spilled over onto the back end where uh, different players that don't normally uh, play together were were paired up and, and offered an opportunity to go out and, and try to get a little bit of the momentum back. So uh, it doesn't happen this, the same way on, on every night. Should uh, acknowledge the William Carrier uh, absence. As mm-hmm. as he leaves uh, the lineup with a lower body injury, not expected back, and a guy that's having a career year with those sixteen goals, and you, boy, boy, you just you feel terrible, but you also think about the the potential to have an impact in really tough games down the stretch, and and what the Golden Knights are not going to be able to lean on mm-hmm. going forward. Yeah, it's it's a tough break. I mean, that's really what it boils down to when it comes to Will Carrier. The season that he's had, the the ability for him to kind of raise his level, how much he's solidified this lineup with his work alongside Chandler Stevenson and Phil Kessel. And, you know, beyond all that, it's a career year for Will Carrier. And if there's a player that deserves it because of how hard he works and what he means to the team, um, you just feel bad for him specifically. But then you start to look at, again, what the Golden Knights were able to do with the trade deadline, bringing in Ivan Barbashev, who plays the game in a very similar way to what Will Carrier plays. Uh, it, it's it's tough because you're, you're not going to have that down the lineup, but it does provide opportunity for a guy like Paul Cotter to step into that role and try to provide some of the same things that Will Carrier brings to the, to the fold night in and night out. First time uh, all season where Cotter's been out and returned, they didn't mm-hmm. record a two-point game. Like he's been yeah. he's been really good at that and coming into and and, and making an impact. Uh, and and that I know was disappointing to be scratched the other night and and taken out of the lineup uh, coming out of the trade deadline. But he was the more obvious guy because he's a first-year player, and the other players uh, have have tenure in the league. And coming in on a trade deadline situation, uh, he can now be looking at it as okay i wasn't out two games three games a week or anything like that uh look at what ben hatton's had to deal with uh, Mm -hmm. at times this year Uh, i think it's uh it's an opportunity real good opportunity for paul to get some of his uh his that swagger back that confidence back when 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 he's got the puck and uh and that enthusiasm back and i'm uh i'm looking forward to seeing what he can be able to do now that he knows he's going to be in the fold on, on a regular basis because they are a man short. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and now it's going to be on, on the response from Paul Cotter and really his ability to find some of that jam 
with Chandler Stevenson and Phil Kessel. I think that there was a physical game, a physical element to the game that we saw from Paul yesterday against the Montreal Canadiens. And, you know, it's, it's going to be the details, right? It's going to be all the things that Paul's got to do away from the puck uh, that will make him successful. And, and you, you can't replace necessarily what Will Carrier has meant to this team and what he, he does night in and night out, but you can try to replicate it as best you can. North-South, get to the net, play with a little bit of an edge to you, um, and, and if Paul's able to do that, then he's, he's going to be able to help this team win some hockey games. You look at this five-game road trip and the storylines that are going to be written that the Golden Knights will return with. Um, being able to keep some momentum going in the Eichel line with Barbashev and Jonathan Marcheseau, I, I think, is, is, a, is a real goal. And finding that number one line. Because right, right now, you do have three lines and, and your, your checking line uh, with, with the Vegas Golden Knights. You've, you've at times had three lines this year and you weren't sure about the third line. Uh, being able to have a line that is your alpha, your go-to line, your line that is going to go out and, and can lead you on a regular basis, balance is great. And, and don't get me wrong, uh, coaches all want it. But they also really enjoy being able to lean on, on a line with, with elite potential to produce points. So uh, one of the storylines that I would love to uh, bring back to Vegas after the Philadelphia game next week is that the the idea of Jack Eichel, Ivan Barbashev, and Jonathan Marcheseau are the number one line. They've separated themselves from, from the rest of the group over an extended period of time. That That's one of those. Uh, another area where I would love to see some growth and come back with some confidence is in Chandler Stevenson and, and being able to get back to a point where he's, he's putting numbers on the board, he's scoring goals and he's uh, an impact. He's finishing on some of these plays. He's had looks, he's had the sure. breakaways. They're, they're not yeah. falling for him. Uh, but I would like to see Chandler uh, be able to uh, get something out of uh, some of the chances. And he's, he's clinging to that uh, lead on the, on the points. He's, he's, uh, he's, right there ahead of Jack Eichel, but he can feel him breathing out of his neck. Now, internal competition is very good. I, I love it. And there's something to be said about uh, Chandler Stevenson leading this team in, in, in points. But I, I would love for him to be able to start adding to that in a, in a more regular case and, uh, and Paul Cotter getting uh, going. Um, and, and Chandler is like Chandler is that setup guy. With, with that mm -hmm. line like he's not mm -hmm. the 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 goal scorer paul cotter is the shooter uh paul cotter can go and get pucks too but paul cotter is uh looked at as a shooter and we know what phil is uh, phil is a shooter uh and, and 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 can finish but phil's not going to go get pucks uh that does fall more on chandler in this role maybe a slightly different uh role than uh, that he's had in the past and, and chasing it down i would love to to be able to unpack uh some confidence and some production from Chandler Stevenson when this team gets uh, back from their road trip. And uh, on the other side, just one to fall for, for William Carlson. Uh, it just, it, when they say you can't buy a goal, yeah. well, William Carlson, uh, he, he, he does well financially. If he can't buy one, then nobody can. And, and he's had amazing opportunities and whether a crossbars like the, the yesterday, that crossbar, uh, I thought it was in for sure. 
and I was sure. he was yeah. coming down. I'm like, okay, they've got momentum. The game's turned. They're going in the right direction. Shoot the puck, and he did. And I'm oh, because it just had the feel that that Jake Allen was vulnerable at that time. And then you go back to the the, the penalty shot uh, on, on on Friday night. So there's 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 three things: uh, the top line separating themselves, and uh, and uh, then having um, Chandler Stevenson find it again from regular production and William Carlson grabbing some confidence in these, in these final 20 games, that would be huge three things uh, to be able to uh, bring back to Vegas uh, when, when they get home after these five games, when in which there'll only be 15 games left and only Mm -hmm. six home games left after this road trip. I'm with you on all three. Uh, The only one I'd add is the power play. If you can get uh, some more, juice on your power play uh, more production on your power play uh, that's going to be an important thing you know we need down. for that you need chances like sure. i actually like their power play what what they've been doing they've been fought the looks of it has mm-hmm. been way better no, they, they've been generating but, but one lot. power play yeah. a night is like come on like let, well, let's get some more come on refs no, I, I agree with you. you you've got to go you've got to go hard to those areas and, and, and that's going to be the thing where if the Golden Knights are able to get a couple of looks, two, three looks a night on the power play, I'm expecting, I'm hoping that over the course of this five game road trip, they can get some production going on the man advantage. It's going to be important to get the power play going as we get down the stretch. Yeah, I just I want I would love a night where they got three or four chances and got to get into some rhythm instead of one-offs, uh, which basically has been a majority of the time uh, the last little bit. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back with one-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League. Check back in with Chapman, see what's happening at uh, Master Control, and get an idea of where we're headed for catching up with Chapman later on the show. It's uh, Fox Sports Las Vegas. You're listening to the VGK Insider Show. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal Alex Petrangelo quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders show we got some news from the Toronto Maple Leafs Ryan O'Reilly is gone for a stretch of time that will be 24 days or 10 games it's a it's long-term injury relief after he broke a finger Little surprise. I don't know what finger it is, but uh, it, it must be on his. I don't know. I don't think uh, bottom hand must be on his bottom hand to be able to grip the stick and, and do different things. Top hand you can kind of get away with uh, with with a little bit. Bottom hand is a little bit more uh, impactful uh, when you're taking a shot or you're stick handling, and uh, it's got to be uh, whether it's a thumb or whether it's a, a finger. It's got to be something that's not a pinky. I can tell you that you can, you can play that. You can play with a pinky spliced uh, uh, and taped together with with one of your other fingers. But uh, the trade deadline acquisition is gone for uh, at least uh, 24 days. Could be back, and they expect him to be back before the start of the Stanley Cup playoffs, but uh, won't, won't get those reps. He's, uh, he's got five points in eight games since coming over from the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, I mean, been good for Toronto when uh, uh, since the trade, but it's pretty unfortunate that uh, you can't, uh, you're not going to have those 10 games, 24 days, whatever it is, to continue to gel with your team, especially considering all the moves that Kyle Dubas made with this Toronto team at the trade deadline. Did anybody separate themselves in the Western Conference at the trade deadline? I don't really believe that anyone did. 
Uh, again, I said I liked what Vegas did. I, I think the Edmonton Oilers did well in getting Matthias Ekholm and bringing in Nick Bukestad. Like, I, I think that they've kind of addressed needs that they had. Um, I don't know that anyone, like, really swung for the fences, though. I think it's all been kind of depth, and, you know, you, you kind of lean in on what you've got and, and hope it's good enough. Boston is the best team in the Eastern Conference, the best team in the National Hockey League. It's a rout. Who's the second best team in the Eastern Conference? <laughs> um, you know, we've had kind of variations on a theme with this question, and, and I think it's changed for me like 17 different times. But um, I, I think right now it's it's Boston, Carolina. I think those are the two best teams in the East. Hmm. Chapman, do you have an opinion on that? Uh, I want to say Tampa, but they've really not looked good the last few weeks. No. Um, and I guess it's a little recency bias because I feel like they turn it on in the playoffs when it matters. But right now, I, I, I feel like the team we saw Friday night might be the second best team in the Eastern Conference. And they, they got better by adding Timo Meyer and Curtis Lazar at the deadline. Uh, goaltending may be a question. But I think Vitek Vanacek has proven that he's he's been a top goalie in the league this year. So if he plays like that in the playoffs, New Jersey could be well, a I real think, I surprise. think there's some more proving to be done there. Well, Trust a lot, me maybe that. a lot there's, of proving. There's, there's more proving <laughs> to be done with Vitek Vanacek. But I, I do like your assessment that the New Jersey Devils should be in the mix on that. We all want to talk about Toronto and Tampa Bay and uh, the storylines there. Carolina has done a good job and been in contention for a number of years. Rangers made the splashy trades at the deadline. Uh, but the New Jersey Devils, uh, would you want to face that team? Now, how different will the playoffs be? Can you do as much of the uh, East-West game like the New Jersey Devils like to play? If it's even close, then that series, Jersey Rangers, is going to be fantastic in, in the opening round. And you might be looking at a team that is able to put together a run goaltending will be the question mark i don't i don't think that they match up uh uh compared to the like because of, of carolina if they're healthy uh certainly the rangers uh the islanders have better goaltending uh, uh toronto uh would be in the same stratosphere but uh boston and tampa bay so the the new jersey devils are going to be uh like a couple other teams they're going to have to under uh, overcome uh question marks goal but as far as just pure skill i really like the new jersey devils I, I, I'm, in typical <laughs> hockey fashion i've heard from a couple of people who say you know what get them in a series there's no way that can happen or lean on them a little bit there's no way that can happen that's been said for 150 years around our game uh that uh, they, that you lean on them a little bit i don't know how much you can lean on anymore in the Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, uh, whether whether you can, I don't think you can intimidate them. Uh, maybe you can prepare a little bit and, and get uh, dialed into a series. But I do like it. Uh, I, I think that there's some real potential uh, for uh, the uh, New Jersey Devils when it comes to the uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, awesome stuff. Hey, we got some tickets uh, to give away. For the Vegas Golden Knights against the Calgary Flames on March 16th, that's the first game back after the road trip. Uh, give us a call right now. Caller number five to match the five-game road trip. Uh, 702-876-1340. Call right now. We'll come back with catching up with Chapman and a little bit about Fort Lauderdale as we continue on Fox Sports Las Vegas. <laughs> 
When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hi, hi, Darren. So, uh, as you guys know, I, I do enjoy food, and I enjoy talking with VGK Equipment Manager Patty about food. And he turned me on to a couple places here in town. So when I saw him yesterday, I said, hey, listen, I know you're going to Tampa, and I know you love those Cuban sandwiches, so I am going to find my cousins live in Tampa, so I'm going to reach out to my cousin and find a place for you to go to get a Cuban sandwich. So, Darren, I know you you have interactions with Chris or Patty, and uh, you, you may run into him and have a chance to see him, but there is a Cuban sandwich place right next to the arena in Tampa. It's called Columbia Cafe, and it's walking distance to the arena. It's on the waterfront. And I've been told the sandwiches are are pretty good. Now, if you guys are feeling a little adventurous, Pereira's Cafe is also a place well-known for Cuban sandwiches. I don't know exactly where that one is because I don't know Tampa all that well. But you're in Fort Lauderdale, which is directly north of Miami. And there's a rivalry between Tampa and Miami on who makes a better Cuban sandwich. Now, I have no idea the difference between a Miami Cuban sandwich and a Tampa one. Apparently, there's like little subtle differences. But... There is a bit of a rivalry between the two cities, and both claim to have invented the Cuban sandwich, Tampa being claimed in Ybor City and Miami, of course, in Little Havana. So I wish I was down there because I would love to sample one from each city just to test it and see who makes a better Cuban sandwich. But I don't know if there's too many things in this world that are tastier than a good Cuban sandwich. And I've got my spot here in Vegas that I go really close to the station it's phenomenal. I got my wife hooked on them. Cuban sandwiches are awesome. Can we go back to the start of the segment? Sure. What happened there? I don't know. What happened? It sounded like you double clutched uh, coming into the to the conversation. Oh, it was just a technical. You, no, you know what happened? I, I I had my headphones low, so I I, yeah. I thought I had myself where I wasn't on the air because it was so low and yeah. I couldn't hear it. So I was like, uh, uh, oh. yeah, yeah. Just, just, just sounded like a double clutch. Yeah, it, it probably it was a double clutch. It was a the most repeatable thing we do is oh Christopher. Yeah, I know. And and I, I was a little scared. Yeah, no, no, I that up. Then it, we're we're really off our game. I I was a little worried that I I didn't have myself in in the right program to be going over the air. I was. I just had my headphones low, so I couldn't hear it. You guys uh, growing up, uh, get, ever get to Fort Lauderdale or, or Florida during spring break or March break? No, I I have, yeah, because I had I grew up in the Northeast, and for us that was a a big thing. Uh, we were never able to afford going to like Cancun or or the Bahamas or places like that. So for us, we would go down to Miami or or that general area. And uh, when I was in, because it's in it's in the throes of it right now. Oh, it's fantastic! Yeah, it's, that's the like, time to is, be there. The, the beach was jammed today. And the water was was full. Uh, went over and did some television in the suit on the beach. It looks fantastic. I wore my summer suit so it would blend in on the on the beach. Now, does the summer suit have shorts? Uh, nope, nope, nope. Because nope. I've seen uh, John Liu uh, yeah. wear yeah. a suit that has shorts. Uh, I'm not <clears> big <throat> on it. Even Marshy's worn them before. I'm not big on it. But uh, but I was over at uh, at the beach and it's awesome and it's just uh, the, the the vibe around and all the kids are, are partying like crazy and i thought i i finally get to fort lauderdale during spring break and i'm too damn ancient 
to really be able to <laughs> do anything uh, and, and, and partake in the, in the fun. Well, that's right. Re- I see. I see why people are excited. It's not the gong show that they make it out to be in the movies, but there's there's some activity going on. Oh, if you if you head to South say, Beach, it's a gong show. It's yeah. absolutely a gong show walking down Ocean Avenue during spring break. Uh, it's it's pretty good times here. I've been a, a few uh, occasions uh, to Fort Lauderdale. This one is the most activity going, uh, rocking and rolling, and having a whole bunch of fun. So uh, that was our day today. Everybody got a day to uh, chill out, relax, get used to the time change, and uh, and then get back at it tomorrow for a roadie against the Florida Panthers, which kicks off a five-game road trip. What's acceptable coming from back from the road? You have ten points available. Six. All right. You're looking. You're looking to split. So let's go one more. Six to seven. Six to seven. I'm gonna go mm-hmm. seven right off the bat, but I'm an overachiever. 